1: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
2: he gets so crazy at times it sounds like you yell back at your radio What what are you talking about what the hell he gets so angry You tweet to try and calm
3: him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky
4: Pfeiffer. If you're expecting to hear Steve Sparky Pfeiffer's voice, you're going to be disappointed. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky today on Sparky's Midday Madness. Talking to you. Right here, right now. We're just going to get right into it because I'm a little bit fired up about this. Bucks hawks game five. They win it. And they win it spectacularly. The Bucks played so incredibly well. Chris Middleton played well. Drew Holiday probably his best performance of the playoffs so far. Brooke Lopez by far his best performance so far in the playoffs. And throughout this season, I would like to venture a guess to say he was Phenomenal yesterday, absolutely dominating the paint, playing defense on everybody, and just throwing down hammers on whoever decided to try to get in his way. Bobby Portis, a spark plug, a guy who somehow did not play at all during the Brooklyn Nets series, came in and played so incredibly well. His best playoff performance so far. He goes from a bench player, a guy who's not seeing any minutes, to dropping 22 points in eight boards. And one guy who got all of that to happen without his best player, Coach Mike Budenholzer. The players played great, and the credit goes to the players. They deserve some of the credit. But Mike Budenholzer, for all of you people, you people, 202, Rami Makhlouf, if you're listening, 202 is when the first few people of the show happen. For all of you people out there that are giving Coach Bud all this crap, it's time for you to turn the tables. It's time for you to give them a little bit of credit. Because I don't know how many coaches out there can get the most out of those guys in Game 5. I don't know how many coaches can go out there without their best player and win a pivotal Game 5 in a series that will take you to the NBA Finals. It's time to give Coach Bud his flowers. It is. It's time for all of this. Let's fire Coach Bud to stop. Trust me. I was there with you. I was. I'll I'll, I'll fully admit it. Me and Dan Plucker. A couple of weeks ago. The Bucks are down 0-2 to the Nets. The, things seemed as gloomy as ever. It looked like this was all over. It looked like the Bucks' season was going to come to another disappointing end. It did. I firmly believed it. You believed it. A lot of other people believed it. But part of me still was like, Daniel, what are you thinking? Why are you giving yourself no hope? Why are you giving the Milwaukee Bucks no hope? Why? Crazier things have happened. We had a pandemic for an entire year. None of us saw that coming. Why, why can't the Bucks come back down from 0-2 and beat the God team, the scary Brooklyn Nets? With Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Why can't the Bucs come back and beat them? That's what I should have been thinking. And sure enough, what happens? What happens? The Milwaukee Bucks come back, down 0-2, losing game five. And they win four out of five games against a team that everybody was so afraid of. And I understand they had injuries. I understand Kyrie Irving went down. I understand James Harden went down. You didn't have home court advantage, and you were playing against the best player in the freaking world in Kevin Durant. And you still found a way to beat them. This Hawk series, game one happens. Trey Young lights up the scoreboard. We go right back to that. Why? Why why do we fall back into this despair again? You're down 0-1 in a seven game series. Relax. Did you learn nothing from Bucks Nets? Nothing. Bucks win game two and game three. Game four, unfortunately, Giannis goes down. And a path to winning the Eastern Conference Finals gets a lot harder. It does. And a, and, or to a Finals, I should say. The, the, the path to winning the Eastern Conference Finals and getting to the Finals gets a lot harder. It does. It does. Without your best player, without one of the top three players in the NBA right now, two-time MVP, first-team all def- all-defensive player, This year, defensive player of the year last year. Yes, your path to an NBA finals gets much more difficult. It does. We can all agree with that. So how come today we're standing the night after coach Bud and the Milwaukee Bucks win game five, and some of you are still calling for his job. What else does coach Bud have to prove to you? I'm just curious. At this point, they're one game away from the NBA finals, and they should be favored both in Atlanta tomorrow and if a game 7 does happen it's coming back to Milwaukee folks the Atlanta Hawks are coming back to Milwaukee and they just got their butt kicked last night it's because of the players but you also need to start giving credit to coach bud you do what 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 i don't understand what basis we have to stand on anymore for firing coach bud i don't Two out of three years, Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Two out of three years. How many other coaches can you say that that were not coaching LeBron James or Steph Curry slash Kevin Durant? Not many in the last couple of years. If not Coach Bud, who? Who are you going to find that's better than Coach Bud? I want names. If If you can come up with a list of guys and say, this guy would coach better than Coach Bud in the Milwaukee Bucks right now, then fine, great. I'd love to hear him. But right now, I am in a mental standpoint where you, I, 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 I can't believe it. I can't believe that there are still people out there that watch what happened last night, where the Bucks have to diverge away from what they've been doing all season long, with a two-time MVP, and they come out and they steamroll the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. It wasn't close. The Hawks never led. The Bucs' largest lead was 20. 66 points in the paint for the Bucs. 33 for the Hawks. Oh, yeah, and wait. The Bucs still haven't shot well from three. All playoffs long. All playoffs long. We have not seen the Bucs shoot well from three. Just wait until that does happen, because I'm telling you, it's coming. The Bucs are going to have a game or two or three or maybe a whole final series where they shoot the ball well from deep. And then all of y'all are going to look ridiculous. All of you. All of you Coach Bud haters that are ready to say goodbye and fire Coach Bud are going to look absolutely insane. It's time to give Coach Bud his flowers. I'm apologizing. I was wrong a couple weeks ago when I was saying it. And it's time for all of you to say you were wrong too. Because even at this point, if the Bucks somehow lose this series with the, with the Hawks, if if it somehow happens still 2 out of 3 years they've made the eastern conference finals they lost to the raptors they lost this they would lose hypothetically this year the bucks i don't i don't think there's anybody out there really outside of a couple of names that are already coaching in marquee places who have been there for a long time that have can do what coach bud is doing right now here in milwaukee i don't the Bucs have been spectacular throughout these playoffs. The narrative, it's time for it to change. Stop getting involved in this groupthink. Stop letting the national media sway you. They're looking for something to dispose you of your Bucks fandom. And, there, and any hater on Coach Bud at this point has blinders on. It's like a horse racing to the finish line. All they can see is the finish line because they have those little blinders on the side of their masks. You're so focused on the finish line and firing coach Bud that you are not appreciating the journey. You're not appreciating the race. Think of what has happened so far in these playoffs. Some incredible things. The Bucks went and they beat Miami, a team that kicked them out of the playoffs last year. And I think we can all agree that last year in the bubble, the bucks were not right. From day one in the bubble, the bucks were not right. Something was going on in that locker room that when they when they came back, they were not the same team that they were pre-bubble. And we all got affected by the pandemic. We all got affected by all of the things that happened last season. so to to expect NBA players to be unfazed, especially when some of these things are happening in their hometown, and here in Wisconsin, you you can't expect these players to just completely forget life outside of the bubble. And the year prior, the Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors, and Kawhi Leonard and and Fred Van Vliet decide to just go off. That's what happened in that series. And the Bucks, yes, the Bucks failed. But this time does it not seem different? To me, it seems different. Coach Bud came this year with a different mentality during the regular season. The mentality was, we're not going to go for the number one seed. We're going for a championship. Screw the one seed. Anybody can have the one seed. We're the best freaking team in the conference, and we can take on whoever. And they prove that. They beat the Heat, the team that they were they lost to last year. Then they go to the almighty Brooklyn Nets, the team that everybody's been touting all season long, and they go out and beat them in seven games. They do. And still, some of you aren't giving Coach Bud. Any credit whatsoever for that. How? How can you not give a coach any credit for what's happening right now? And now they lead 3-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals, have an advantage over the Atlanta Hawks, and are without their best player and are doing so. Wake up and smell the roses, people. It's time to give Coach Bud his flowers. 414-799-1250. Join me here on, I guess, Dan Plucker's Midday Madness with Sparky out. More coming up next. We'll get to your calls here on The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness, if you're looking for his voice, he's not here. It's Dan Plucker filling in for him, and we have two very different expectations, different viewpoints on the Milwaukee Bucks and their head coach Mike Budenholzer. Sparky from day one has pretty much been calling for his firing. I, on the other hand, am saying, you know what? No. It's time. It's time for all this to end. It's time for us to give Coach Bud his flowers. It's time for us to appreciate what he where he has gotten the Bucks and where this is all going. 414-799-1250 if you agree, and I guess if you disagree as well. Let's go out to the phones. Andre on the north side. Andre, you're here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan.
5: Hey, uh, look, I, I've
3: been seeing a lot of people give uh, credit for making adjustments, finally, in his life. But I'm going to tell you something. When we lost that last game, we lost Atlanta when Giannis got hurt. That game was lost in the first half. We Giannis on the floor. No doubt. Now, him playing Brook Lopez the way he did, it's mind boggling. You got a seven foot one dude who's capable of scoring thirty points. But you but his coach and his system keeps his two biggest players out on the perimeter. You spread in the This is my thing, man. But right. his system, his system Players to fit his system instead of fitting the system around his talent, mm-hmm. and I think people get frustrated with that man. We we watched Brooke Lopez literally dominate last night in the post, yeah. And, and why haven't we seen it before? Because it's, it's the coach telling them all these all these analyses. These NBA Hall of Famers calling the Bucks dumb, calling us a dumb team. We make dumb, we take dumb shots, we make dumb decisions, dude. That starting at the top. And if he not, and if the players are not listening to him, then he needs to hold them accountable, right? So you can't be called a dumb team. Every every game, every series, man, it was it was games coughed away that should have been coughed away, even in the Brooklyn series. So I feel like, yeah, he's a good coach, and he deserves credit for building this system, for building the, the culture. He deserves credit for that. Right, but he got to be able to improve himself, just like the players got to be able to improve. But everybody haven't want, Andre, Andre, have have, Giannis, have? Okay, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. no, it's
4: okay. No, I want to go back and forth with you. You're bringing up a lot of great points. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, I don't think any coach has figured out how to coach Giannis. I don't. Giannis is Shaq that can dribble. Like let's be, let's be real here. Giannis is Shaq that can dribble. Giannis can drive. He can do things that guards can do with with the way that he dribbles the ball and can drive to the hoop, but. He can't really shoot. His mid-range game has improved. It's okay. And then he can score at the paint. That's what he does. It, it takes skill. I'm not James Harden where I'm saying Giannis has no skill because clearly he has skill. You can't be a two-time right. MVP without having skill. But, right. but what? How, how do you change that then? Because I don't think Giannis wants to go in the paint. I don't think Giannis is comfortable in the paint. Giannis doesn't have post moves in the paint. Part of that is on Giannis for sure. It is, and and as great and as incredible of a basketball player that he is, Giannis still has major flaws in his game. You can agree with me on that, right, yeah. Andre? Yeah, he does. He so does.
3: he he still got a lot of learn to do. And, absolutely. And that's even that's even more of a point is that who's gonna who's coaching him up?
4: Right. No, and, and, and they they've they've shifted a couple of coaches, assistant coaches as well with over the in and over the last couple of years. They added a shooting coach for him this past year. They're trying to develop him as a player. And he has developed into a two-time MVP under Coach Budenholzer. He has. And that's part of the system. With the drive and kick, when it is working, and when the shooters outside are hitting three pointers, this Bucks team is nearly unstoppable with what they can do. But when they decide but when they decide, when the players on the court, I do. I think it's Coach Bud for not getting on them enough. But I also believe that it is on the players on the court for not running his system correctly, for thinking that they can go into iso ball modes for minutes at a time and completely fail. They they completely fail in those scenarios. Would you agree?
3: Yes, but just I must make one more point now. Go ahead and listen, man. But my mm-hmm. last point is that when I say his system, you had a three point shooting system with zero knockdown shooters you
4: i disagree with one, that
3: who, who's a knockdown shooter on this team and ain't bren forbes
4: well, i was gonna say bren forbes when he's on <laughs> when, when bren forbes on. is not when bren forbes is off he's playing like he is right now and he's almost that's unplayable not a
3: Knockdown shooter man. that's not a knockdown shooter <laughs> right. to me but but i think middleton is probably our best three-point he, shooter but anyway, yep. but like I said, man, if he win if he win his title, yeah, you can stay, but for president.
4: But- <laughs> All right, Andre, appreciate the call. So the the lockdown shooters thing, here's the thing. The Bucks cannot afford the Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Devin Bookers of the world unless they draft him. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it is. And and even specialty shooters, Kyle Corver, who they had last year, a couple other three point shooters, Joe Harris, who who was one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Where was he last series against the Nets? He was the worst player on the court for Brooklyn. Every shooter in the NBA goes through stretches. Right now, Bryn Forbes is in a bad stretch. He is. Kyle Korver has gone through ugly stretches in his career. Joe Harris, we just saw the awful stretch that he was in in that Brooklyn Nets series. It's the David Stearns mentality for shooters with the Bucks. That's what it is. It's as many bites as the app at the apple as you can. You have Drew Holiday who can shoot. Middleton sometimes is ungodly from three. Pat Connaughton has found his way into some shooting grooves as well. Brent Forbes has been a shooter. Brooke Lopez, who before he got to Milwaukee, was not a three-point shooter at all and now can hit shots from deep pretty consistently. But none of you want to give credit to Coach Bud for that because what you saw yesterday, yes, that was Brook Lopez. That was Brooke Lopez, his identity, his person. But he and Coach Bud have been able to adapt where Brook Lopez is still a good player, a great player, and is not doing what he is used to be what he is used to doing. What he did yesterday is what he has done throughout his entire career. And yet he is good enough of a basketball player to adapt his game to allow others to be great. That's what makes Brooke Lopez a great teammate. That's what makes Brooke Lopez worth all of the money that the Bucs are giving him. And sure, some of you might be giving him flack for being too big, too slow, all of those things. But what he has done in Milwaukee is nothing short of spectacular. And what Coach Bud has done with him is astoundingly good. It is. Let's get out to Jeff and Brookfield. Jeff, you're here on uh, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness. How are you?
6: how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great, Jeff. What do you got for me?
6: Great. You know, I'll give Bud some credit last night. He made some adjustments. But I I just can't get over the fact that he didn't have this team prepared for game one. We lost game one where he had, you know, three days to prepare for Trey Young. Um, We fall behind one to nothing. It's like he didn't even have a a game plan for for Trey Young in game one. And then, you know, we come back to, to game four after game three. And we didn't do anything that we did in game three. It's just, there just doesn't seem to be any
3: carryover.
4: Right. Jeff, you missed a really important part of all that though. Cause you're right. Buck. game one coach Bud was not a good coach. And and, and sometimes, sometimes your coach makes extreme follies that cost your team a game or multiple games. And that's, that's the case. And, and game one, you are a hundred percent correct. They had no answer for Trey young, but I don't know if you got the chance to listen to it. Uh, Jeff, thanks for the call. Uh, Eric name had a story out on the athletic and it was, you can stop Trey young in two of three ways with the way that the Hawks have built their system. Either you let Trey do his little floaters. He hits about 50% of them. You do that. You let him kick out for three to all of the Hawks shooters, or you let him lob to Clint Capella. And the bucks decided in game one, we're going to let Trey Young shoot floaters. That's what they decided. They're like, we're going to we're going to we're going to stop the dish out for a 3. We're going to stop the lob to Capella. We're going to focus on those two things. We're going to let Trey Young get his little floaters in. That was their decision. That that was Coach Bud's decision in game 1. And immediately, game 2, completely different defensive strategy. Completely They stopped the floaters and they let them kick and the Hawks were not hitting them shot their shots. So they locked up the interior and then the Hawks did not hit their threes and the Bucks won because of it. Game three, same thing. Game four. I agree with you, Jeff, the Bucks did not come out hot, but here's the thing about coach Budenholzer. And it's something that so many people are overlooking. He doesn't let the Bucks get too high. He doesn't let the Bucks get too low. That's what he does. When, when the Bucs are down 0-2 to the Nets, he goes to him and says, guys, we're not out of this. Relax. We're going back to Milwaukee. We're going to win both games. And then it's a series. Then it's a three-game series. He And that's exactly what he's done so far in this Hawks series, too. Game one happens. They don't panic. They're not freaking out game two and game three. They come back. They take the series lead. Game four, yeah, they didn't come out with any energy. But that's because... Coach Bud keeps his players level-headed. It's what it is. He's not going to let them come out too hot because if they come out too hot and they're missing shots, we have a completely different story. We do. If they're, if they're going to just jack up as many shots as they can, try to get as many points as early as they can, and they're just missing shots left and right and not running the system, that's what we have seen against the Brooklyn Nets people in those first two games. The Bucs were way too high on themselves. They, they were not running the system. They were running ISOs. They thought that they could play Nets basketball and beat the Nets. That's what they were doing because they saw Kevin Durant going one-on-one. They saw Kyrie Irving going one-on-one and beating and scoring a bunch of points. And in game one and two, that's what the Bucks experienced. But Coach Bud Winjaman said, guys, relax. We're going back to home court now. We're going to even up this series, and we're going to make this a series again, and we're going to freaking win it in seven games. And that's exactly what they did. And against the Hawks, it's the same thing. Game one, they fail. They they failed game one. Game two and three, they respond. Game four, they struggle. They don't come out hot. They lose. And game five... They come out and win on their home court and now have to win one of the next two games with Game 7 being here in Milwaukee. What Coach Bud has done, some of you are infuriated with, but I am very pleased with because he keeps his players level-headed no matter what situation that they are in. Let's go to Mike in Kenosha. Mike, you're here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan. What's up, Mike?
3: Hey, I agree with you 100%. Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah. Is Coach Bud responsible for Chris Middleton being inconsistent? No. For Giannis being inconsistent?
4: Absolutely not.
3: Lopez being inconsistent. What is a coach's job? To adapt and find a way to win. He doesn't know. He can have a game plan, and they get out there, and all of a sudden Chris Middleton's all for six. Well, now you got to adapt exactly the paint then they have to adapt and that's why coach bud if he was fired today he'd be the highest sought after coach in the
7: nba
4: 100% he would be 100% he would he be and and Absolutely. mike let me tell you why thanks for the call this is a guy that has now coached a superstar into being a two time mvp he's coached a guy and a team to two eastern conference finals He's been to the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe, three times throughout his career. Coach of the year twice with two different organizations. Has had some of the best regular season success of any NBA coach in the league today. And while the playoffs have kind of slipped behind, he's adjusted. Wow, Coach Bud has adjusted. Shocking. Coach Bud has adjusted his mentality. And during the regular season, they didn't care about the one seed this year. And they adjusted and said, we are the best team in this conference. I don't care if you got Brooklyn. I don't care if you have the 76ers. James Harden has choked throughout his entire career in the playoffs. Doc Rivers, how many times has he choked in the playoffs? We are the most sound team in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to make it out of it, barring that we're all healthy. And even with Giannis out, even with Dante DiVincenzo out, which so much of us, so many of us have forgotten... They should still be the favorites to win this series in game six or game seven. They should. They should. Let's go to Mike DePainter. Mike DePainter, you're here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan. What's up, Mike?
5: Hey, thanks for calling. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree too. I gave him his praises, uh, in the next series and it was the exact same point. His level headedness and evil Keel kept those books in the series and it. It didn't bring him up too high or too low, and they were able to overcome things because of his demeanor on the court and how he he prepares those guys. And it, I I can't say bad things all around with how he coaches, mm-hmm. but there is some stuff everybody sees it, you know. But he is one of those better defensive coaches. Every year we're one of the best defensive teams. And that helps us in games. And it showed last night how fiery we were on the defense, end yeah. and creating turnovers. Mm-hmm. And that's a testament to Bud and his coaching.
4: You're 100% I, right, Mike.
5: I, I just wish that they would get a better big man coach for Giannis to teach him a big man's game and get him some low post scoring. You, and that's all he's missing. You're right. Do
4: that. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Mike. You are absolutely right. So many people are worried about Giannis shooting from deep. So many wor- people are worried about Giannis's shot. I think we are getting to the point in Giannis's career where somebody needs to just say to him, "Dude, you're a post guy. We're gonna teach you the post. We're gonna teach you a hook shot. We're gonna teach you a little shimmy fade." That's the type of stuff that we're going to teach you so that you can improve your post game. And then later on in your career, when you're a little bit older, when you can't do those things the same way, we'll start trying to teach you a little bit of a shot more to to elongate your career. Yes, we know you want to be Steph Curry. We we know you want to be Clay, but dude, you just don't have it. You just don't have those, that same type of instinct, that same type of flow in your shot, all of those things. I think that that's coming. I do. But right now, right here today, it is time to give Coach Blood his flowers. Coach Bud needs the respect that he deserves. 414-799-1250 if you agree, and I guess if you disagree too. More coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
4: He's midday madness here on the fan. Dan Plucker filling in for him today. And I'll be filling in for him all next week to really looking forward to it doing the big show and this show all week next week. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited for it. We'll have more conversation like this all week long. So if you're liking what I'm doing, liking what I'm doing a little differently or the same, looking forward to be able to have conversations with you going forward, guys. Wow. 414-799-1250, it is time to give Coach Bud some credit. It is. It is. Too many of you are so swayed by the eons of people that are telling you that Coach Bud needs to be fired. But look at the details here, folks. Look at what they've done. Look what they've done in the playoffs over the last uh, two out of the last three seasons. Eastern Conference Finals appearances twice over the last three years. And they're on the precipice of an NBA Finals with one win that they need over the next two games, which should come tomorrow night. It should. And if it doesn't, then I I would bet a lot of money that it's going to happen here in Milwaukee. It's time to start having some positive energy around this team and not surrounding it by this constant negative cloud that Coach Bud needs to be fired. Because what he has done... This season, and even in this series specifically, is nothing short of spectacular. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Let's get out to Badger Brian and San Fran. Badger Brian, how are you?
6: Good. It's good listening to you. I'm enjoying uh, the program. Appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm listening on Odyssey, so maybe I didn't hear you clearly though. In a couple things, one you said the Bucks play has been spectacular, and then you also said that Giannis doesn't like to play inside the paint. I think the second one is not even debatable, uh, but the first one with regard to spectacular. First of all, let me say, Coach Bud did a great job yesterday. That was excellent. Right. He found the right uh, the right formula, and it was beautiful beautiful to watch. There's no arguing that. But in terms of spectacular, I, I think maybe we have different definitions. I'm a little bit old. I'm a lot older, more than likely. <laughs> spectacular, spectacular. They've had maybe two or three spectacular games the entire playoffs. Give me consistently high performance across the board instead of a spectacular game here, spectacular game there, and then huge gutless performances like they had in Atlanta a couple nights ago. I think that Bud has done an okay job, but I really think that talent has outgrown anything that he can add after this season. Now, if they go on to the uh, championship, play, I think they will. I think, they will, I think they'll win tomorrow. And okay. I do believe that quite possibly I'd, I'd give him a 60-40 chance of winning the championship. He'll get an extension. Certainly he will. And the front office would be foolish looking if they didn't. But I truly believe, and you were the one that mentioned that, somebody needs to pull Giannis aside, work on this, work on that, work on this, work on that. <sighs> Whose responsibility is this? Where are the coaches on this team? Well, here's the thing. Where are the coaches on the team? Badger, Brian,
4: here's the thing, okay? Yeah. Giannis right now is such a raw prospect still. Isn't that crazy to say? A a two-time MVP is still a, a raw prospect. 27 years old, still learning how to shoot the basketball. That's what he's doing right now, and that's what he's attempting to do right now. So what benefit is it? in the middle of the season, in his, let's say this is his third season, trying to learn how to shoot a basketball, because that's pretty much what it is. The first couple of years were all him driving, dunking in the post, and over the last three seasons, we've seen him kind of develop a three-point shot, more of a mid-range game, all of that kind of stuff. So what benefit is it in the middle of the third season of this man trying to learn how to shoot a basketball of you saying, hey, you suck at this, we're going to try something different? I don't, I don't see any benefit there.
6: Weren't you the one that just said a little while ago that he needs to, that somebody needs to pull him aside and teach him some of the... Uh, the
4: I did uh, say that, the, yes, but Giannis? I'm I'm yeah. saying... But you have to give somebody time to learn whether or not that they can do something. And over and a three-season period, I think that's enough time where we've learned that I don't know if Giannis's shot is ever going to be unbroken. That's what I'm saying.
6: All right. Okay, but he's been on the team eight years. Between Jason Kidd, who I believe really helped Giannis more than anybody on the current staff, become the player he's become... He hasn't had that tutelage. Bring in somebody that can teach him, A, don't even attempt a three-point shot, but he should have a three... You should have a mid-ranger for, for certain. And then uh, one more last thing on Bud yeah, go and ahead. Let other people get in. Yeah. So um, with regard to Coach Bud and the way he uh, has coached previous uh, uh, playoffs, I made this comment to Leroy, who I just I really enjoy. <laughs> I think he's been out, out-coached almost every single uh, series. I do know that... Um, Leroy's comment was, "Well, what about uh, um, what about uh, Brooklyn?" And I didn't get a chance to respond. Right? Do you or any of the Bud uh, advocates really think that next season? I know. Let's enjoy this season. I really am. I'm a huge fan. Have been my whole life.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Next season. Next season, when uh, Nash is another year under his belt as a coach, and that team at Brooklyn is at full strength, do you really think? Our coaching staff can coach up the Bucs to compete com- with the, the Brooklyn Nets. If you do, you'd be in a huge minority, I'm afraid.
4: Badger, Brian, I appreciate the call, and I'll talk about that right now. Yes, I do believe that the Bucs can compete with the Nets next season. Because look at the details from this season, folks. They played, like, not even – look at your hands right now. Look at your hands. You have ten fingers. The Bucs and Nets played less – like, the, the Nets – James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving played that many games together or less this season. Less than 10 games all season long because one of them was always hurt. None of those guys are in the heat of their prime. None of those guys are young players at this point in their careers. And and am I saying they're washed up? Hell no. No. James Harden and Kevin Durant are two of the top five players in the NBA today and Kyrie Irving's top... 15, 10. But to rely on them to all be healthy at the same time, has this, has this year not taught you nothing? They could not stay healthy. Any of them all season long. What makes you think that's going to change? James Harden has been hurt several times throughout his career. Kyrie Irving. How many times has that guy's ankle been blown out? And yeah, I'm it, that, sorry. That was a little rude because he, <laughs> that was terrible. What happened to him in, in the, in that, in that uh, Eastern conference semifinals. So I, Am I saying that that's going to happen? Like, that I want that to happen? No. But let's look at the realistic side of things. All three of these guys have had major leg injuries over the last couple of seasons. None of them are going to be able to withstand a full season together. And if they do, credit to them because, yes, at that point, they're going to be nearly unstoppable. But until that is proven, until that has become fact, until they can play more than 10 games together on the court at the same time, I'll still take the Bucs over the Nets next season. But we're talking we're not talking about that. We're talking Bucks Hawks. We're talking right now. And Coach Bud deserving his flowers. Because he he is at the point where you need to appreciate what he is doing and what the Bucs have done. Like, how are so many of you so blind to this? You're you're just letting all of this hate and negativity encapsulate you, Coach Bud. Look look at what the Bucks have done. The Bucs have a two-time MVP on their team. Chris Middleton has become an All-Star with Coach Bud. They just acquired Drew Holiday, who's been great so far. And they've shown that this this roster this year is completely different from the one last year. So they've proved. That Coach Bud's system works. It works with different players. Bobby Portis wasn't here last year. Bryn Forbes, who is a large part of the team this last couple of years, or this last co- this season, not in the last couple of games, but this season. Drew Holiday has been a plug-and-play into this system. Those are three key players throughout this season. And they lost Wesley Matthews, George Hill, all these other dudes a season ago. So does that not prove to you that what Coach Bud is doing works and is interchangeable through other players? Paul in West Dallas, you're up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Paul?
7: Hey, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on? What you got for me? Good good game yesterday. Great game. Good game. Just uh, got one, one couple, couple of things here. Just wanted to touch bases with you and on that. Yeah. Uh, the first, the first thing is uh, when Giannis went down. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of, kind of scared. But you know what? I said, you know, maybe this was would pull the team together as a team. Mm-hmm. And let's see how they can perform without him in the lineup. And if you, I, I watched the game on Tuesday, and when they were playing, a lot of standing around. Uh, Lopez came down, stood in the corner. But yesterday was a totally different team without him. I'm not saying that they could they could not use them, but they were a different team. They were a lot more finesse. They were a lot more uh, not standing around, passing the ball. Lopez, he was he was finally was able to play his game the way he should be playing it. Maybe it's what he needed. Maybe he what he needed to be honest to be sitting out where he could start performing the way he he should be performing. And and he had what twenty nine points yesterday. And yeah. all the rebounds, block shots. He he played good. Was great. I, you know, I think. I think. I think. Bud. I think Bud is a good coach. But you know what? I think he's got to make uh, Giannis more accountable for what he's doing out there when he's bringing the ball to the court. He's not the point guard. Let Let do Holloway or or, uh, or uh, what's it Middleton. Middleton. Bring the ball up. You know, let them bring the ball up. Let them set the offense up, and then go from there. Let him go down, 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 uh, down by the uh, the paint, and sit down there and get a couple easy shots down there. If he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, he fucking foul, but. You know, I'm happy for the team. I'm happy where we're at. You know, we should be happy. There's a lot of teams in the league that are not even, not even in the playoffs. And we got a chance to win the whole thing this year. Absolutely. I, and I believe 100% we are going to win this whole thing, even without Giannis. All right, Paul. I think, I think. All right.
4: Yeah, love the positivity. Appreciate the call, man. Let's get out to Dan and Racine. Dan, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan.
8: Hey, man, good show. I like appreciate it. it, Dan. I got a couple things, though, man, yeah. that kind of worried me. Hit me with it. I think this is dictated by New York. I'm not so sure we're going to have Game Seven. I'm not so sure we're going to. I hope we do. Don't get me wrong. It's the best we've ever been. I mean, I've never seen a championship in my lifetime. Right. I hope to God they get there, man. I'm praying they do. But I think this is dictated by bigger, higher ups, more money involved. I really do. I think this is kind of it's kind of fixy, if you ask me. There's too many shitty games. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sold on Trey Young's injury. I think he's going to be the deciding factor in Game Seven. Um, I just—that's what I think. I think it's all market shares. We don't. Nobody wants to see Milwaukee there. They even say it on ESPN, (laughs) which I don't. Right. And with that, I I just think this is what we're going to face. That you're going to have—and I hate to use it as an example—but I think you're going to have refs calling shady plays. I think they're going to get the the worst breaks in in the coming games. And I think we might have. Yeah, I think this is what this is what I think. Right. New York is, is in charge of all of this because they've lost their butt since pan, the pandemic. They've lost it in the playoffs. Ratings aren't good. They don't have LeBron there. They don't have the stars. I mean, you got Giannis, but a lot of people don't even like that, dude. I don't know, man. That's just my take. As far as Bud goes, man, I think he's a great coach. I don't want to see him get fired, but right. he, he hasn't got a championship, man. He, he hasn't done it yet. So I,
9: got it. I can only go so far with that.
4: Right. Dan, appreciate the call. Here's the thing. How much really bigger of a draw is Atlanta than Milwaukee? Like let's be honest here. Atlanta's a much bigger it's a much bigger city. It is. And it's on the east coast and it's some people foolish people would say that it's a nicer city than Milwaukee. But if you have Giannis who is basically the face of the NBA at this point in Milwaukee, you want to keep him on television as much as you can. And I I understand that he's hurt, but even the idea that the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo could be on the court is a big enough of a draw that the NBA would be okay. And plus at this point, the sun's also made it to the Western or as the Western conference finals champions over the Clippers. So if that was really going to be the case, then uh, I think that that series would have gone much differently. Let's get one more call in here before the break, Mike on the South side. I promise I'll get you in the last segment here, John in Milwaukee. You're up next here on Sparky's midday madness. John, you hey. there? What's going yeah, on, man? Hey.
9: Yeah. Hey, first-time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. i uh, just got a quick question for you. Yeah. The little things, do the little things matter in winning a championship? Absolutely. So, then I and this might say him alarmist, but I would have fired Coach, and I call him Coach Dodd, and I'm trying to stay positive. Because the last eight seconds of that New Jersey game is all you need to know in game seven from Coach Doug. So maybe perhaps the worst call or a play. And, and I, I don't know if it's because Giannis is kind of running the team because I agree with you. Yesterday What a fantastic basketball game, uh, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. won. Things look right. great. But why does it take Giannis to be out for them to put Brooke Lopez in the post? Why? (laughs) Like everyone's like, oh, they're just uh, you know flat. Well, it's easy to be flat, buddy. When at the end of the day, you got four guys standing watching Giannis at the top of the key. Right. And this one last thing. Hear me out on this. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking my call. He switched yesterday. I I couldn't believe it. I started jumping up and down. The Bucks are gonna win. They're gonna win. I mean. This goes back to Miami, and I would have fired him after Miami when he's playing Brook Lopez under. These are little things that, I mean, for those who know basketball, you know what I'm talking about. That make a huge difference in a game. So that's my two cents. Thanks.
4: Appreciate the call, John. Here's my thing. Uh, yeah, the last eight seconds of the the of regulation in that Bucks Net series game seven was not very good. But who won the game? Who won the game? The Bucs won the game. The Bucks are the ones that are here still. The Nets are home. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden are sitting at home watching the Bucs right now. That's what's happening. And whether it was Coach Bud or the players that pulled them out of that and won in Game 7, it doesn't really matter because they carry each other. They have each other's backs. That's what this is all about. If Coach Bud fails and his players keep him up, good. But there are just as many instances where the players are struggling and Coach Bud is the one that gets them out of it with his scheming. And yes, they started switching yesterday, but don't act like that's the first time that that's ever happened. Like, you, you, you seem shocked by it. The reason why they were playing that way is because they don't want to give these guys any space. Kevin Durant, when P.J. Tucker was guarding him, was all over him over screens. That's what they're trying to do with all of these Hawks shooters, too, because I think they know that the Hawks shooters are more consistent than what the Bucs have right now. It's true. That's that's okay to admit, but the Bucs are the better team, and they're going to win this series. They are, and it is going to be in part because of Coach Mike Budenholzer. 414-799-1250 if you want to join the conversation. One more segment to go right after this here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back to Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Learn more at lakeland.edu. One more call here. Let's go out to Mike on the south side. Mike, how are you today? What you got for me?
10: Hey, guy. I'll be quick because I know time's on, not on our side. Okay, what's uh, up? You kind of changed my take before I get to Buddha. Uh let me ask you a question. Give me an honest answer. Yeah. A healthy Kyrie Irving, a healthy Harden, and not so worn out Durant. maybe giving him, you know, 10 minutes out of game. Who wins that series?
4: And it's probably the Nets if all three are healthy.
10: Okay. And now let's get to Buddha here. Uh, if he can't get this horse over the finish line, and when the he, he's gonna be gone, and it's just a reality. You know these big guys, the what is it four owners? They're gonna go in the office. They're gonna close the door and say, "What are we gonna do? He's gotta go." They'll call him to the office and they'll say, "Close the door behind you." And it's just reality. I mean, I like Buddha. My chocolate lab likes Buddha. But it's just reality of sports.
4: Am I right? Uh, I would disagree with that, Mike, but thanks for the call. No, I, I, I don't think that the Bucs are at that standpoint anymore. I don't. Because at this point, whether you like it or not, there's a built-in excuse. With with Giannis being down, if the Bucks somehow lose this series, which they shouldn't, and they won't, but there is that excuse of Giannis not being there. It's true. Coach Bud can go. I didn't have my best. And if they play well these next two games and the Bucs somehow lose. What what can you blame Coach Bud for at that point? If if the Bucs play like they did last night for the next two games and the Hawks are just the better team. You can't bl- you can't blame Coach Bud. You can't. The Bucks are without Giannis. And if they come out and stink For the next two games. If they come out like the game four bucks the next two games. Which won't happen. Especially not in their home court. Then. Is there an argument? Maybe. But Coach Bud can still say I'm a two-time coach of the year. I've coached Giannis to two MVPs. We've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals twice in two years. Find a better coach who's going to do that. You'll be hard pressed to do it. You will be. And I don't think they will. If they move on from Coach Bud and they bring in somebody else, unless they somehow convince like Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich to come to Milwaukee for a couple years, or Eric Spolstra to leave Miami for some reason, which there's no way that any of those things that are happening, who are you going to hire that has the resume that Coach Bud does? I don't think there's any names out there. I don't. And it's time, everybody. It is time to start recognizing where we are. And stop worrying about silly things like Coach Bud getting fired. It's time to realize that we are one game from the pinnacle of basketball. The Milwaukee Bucks are one game from the NBA Finals. Yet somehow we still get caught up. We can have an hour-long conversation about the Bucks needing to fire their head coach. Instead of us talking about something relevant, like the Bucs and this Game 6, and the Bucs and how excited we all are about the NBA Finals. Somehow, this negativity can creep into so many of our lives that we don't enjoy the journey that we're on right now. How can we not appreciate what the Bucs have done? Beating Miami. Beating the Nets, which everybody was counting them out of. And now... Being one game away from winning the Eastern Conference Finals against the Atlanta Hawks and making a championship, potentially without their best player. I I, I don't understand how we can keep doing this. It does not make any sense to me. I'll bring on Rami Makloff here from... the, the Rami, Rami show. show. It's
2: just the Rami show. The Rami we don't show. Want to conf- I'm sorry. Yeah, we don't want to confuse white people with hard to <laughs> with pronounce <the> last names. <laughs> yeah. I-,
4: I can appreciate that, right. with The last name yeah. Plucker, not spelled the way it's supposed to be. It's so. not spelled the way that it's no. supposed to be. Is P-L- it an O sound or a U sound? It's it's an O sound. Well So it's Plucker. It, no, no, it is Plucker. It's Plucker. It's, Pluck, it's, it's, a, so U it's U sound, a U sound. But it's spelled uh, sound. with an O. That's okay. And if right. you like my stuff, follow me on Twitter at Dan Plucker, P-L-O-C-H-E-R. Did you think
2: about spelling it phonetically on Twitter just to make it easier when you tell people to follow you on the radio?
4: But I don't know. I, don't
2: know.
4: <laughs> I want people to be able to spell my name right. Same. I'm, I'm the same way, but I just gave up on the last name. We can, it's appreci- wh- we can both it's it's wh- that. The last name is wh-
2: I'm, it's asking too much, really. Just get Rami right, which is hard for it's some. Hard people. <laughs> it's hard enough. Yeah. It's hard enough for no some. No, either, people. right? Um, I hear what you're saying about Coach Bud, dude. But I, I think, and I said this yesterday, and if you listen to the end of his press conference. After or in between games four and five, like the last minute or so of his press conference basically encapsulated what what bothers me about Coach Bud. I I think a lot of people's criticism of him is misguided because I think a lot of people don't think Coach Bud is a good tactical coach, a good schematic or strategic coach in terms of drawing up the X's and O's and putting his players in position to succeed, I think he is good at that, and I think he's a really smart basketball person. I think where Coach Bud misses and is lacking is the human element of coaching, is the motivational element of coaching, and too often Plucker, I just see his team either either press in 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 big moments and 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 and, and crumble under pressure, or and we've seen this three times in the Atlanta series in the Eastern Conference Finals, man. His team showing up and acting like it's like it's the regular season or like they've already accomplished something after beating the Brooklyn Nets. He's not he's, he's not a motivator, man. And I think the best coaches
4: are master motivators. Here's where I disagree with you. Because yes, they they've come out slow in some games. But I think that there's a benefit to not saying we're in a playoff game. We need to play so much differently. We need to have so much energy. I'm not saying you have uh, I'm but,
2: not I'm not saying you have to like have it you have to dial it up to 10 every day as mm-hmm. a coach. I'm just saying somehow some way you have to make sure your guys are in the right place mentally mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that the message that you're sending out that you're giving out that, that what you're drawing up on the whiteboard and what you're preaching in practice is translating onto the floor. Right. That your message is getting through because it's real easy to say these guys are professionals. They get paid a lot of money. They should know what they're supposed to do. They should show up motivated every day. But if that was the case, we wouldn't have coaches, and we certainly wouldn't pay them what we pay them. Right. What these guys get paid to do is is to be good messengers and make sure that the message is getting home with their players. And to be good motivators and make sure that their guys are in a good state of mind. Th- right. that, that's outside of what you draw on the whiteboard and outside of what drills you run in practice. Mm-hmm. And the basketball side of this thing is the human side of coaching. Yeah. And I don't think Coach Bud is very strong in that department. I, I
4: would agree with you. I, I would agree with you. But with where they have gotten so far in Coach Bud's career as a coach... I don't know if if that's enough to fire him. I don't. I think it is because that will keep stopping you from winning championships. But not necessarily because what he does do is Coach Bud does not, like I was saying, does not let his players get too high or too low ever. And it, it's always right there on that middle ground. Whether they should be really high, whether they should try to come out hot and just blow a team out of the water or what. And you never want to be low, but basically, but I think they have been low. I think they've been too low
2: for the Eastern Conference. See, I, and I said, I, I said this yesterday, yesterday and the day before on my show. And I always preface it with this and put this disclaimer on it because I don't want to sound as stupid as Skip Bayless. Um, the Bucks are better with Giannis. Okay, yes, let's, <laughs> right. let's not. Yeah. Let, me, let me get that out of the way right right <laughs> yes, away. Okay, yes. the Bucks are better with Giannis. Yes. I want Giannis on the court. Hundred percent. But I did say that injury. Now, initially, that's a gut punch, and mm-hmm. in, in game in game four, that's a gut punch, and I understand not really being able to pick yourself up off the floor after that, mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally. But you know what I mean? Before that, before
4: that, uh, but they weren't playing good enough but before, before that. Before that, minutes before Giannis went down. They cut the lead back. Yeah, to Yeah, they started. They digits. started
2: to do the same thing that they did in Game Three, where and, they showed up not it, playing the way that and they Giannis should. Giannis had that look in his eyes. Yeah, but he it, did. If, if but if you show up at in the first quarter like you did in the third quarter, maybe Giannis isn't even hurt. But that was right. that wasn't the point that I was that I was about to make. My <laughs> point was this: with Giannis being down and and the day in between games to digest that and get ready for Game Five, I said this team would be locked in mentally because I can read these guys, and where mm-hmm. they are from a mental and a motiva- motivational standpoint, seemingly better than Coach Bud does. And I knew that the, that the adversity, because that's when they lock in, when their backs are against the wall, when they're underdogs, when everybody's doubting them, that's when Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez and all these guys lock in and do the things that we're all saying they should already be doing before that. I knew that the Bucks were going to come out. With the best version of themselves that they could be without Giannis, whatever that is, I knew that was showing up yesterday. I knew those guys would be locked in and doing what they were supposed to be doing, not because of Coach Bud, but just because of the emotional roller coaster that he lets this team ride.
4: So, so here's the thing, then, because I remember this was a big point of yours during the Bucks net series, which was the Bucks no longer look at Kevin Durant like he's Kevin Durant. They look at him like he's Kevin. He's Kevin. He's, he's Kevin. Kevin. He's just yeah. Kevin. Right. And you could say the same thing in this series. Like, they saw Trey Young, and it looked like in that first game, they were just in awe of Trey Young. Like, nobody could stop Trey Young. Holy cow, what are we going to do with Trey Young? It wasn't to the same level.
2: I didn't think that's what happened. I thought that they, I was watching game one of this Eastern Conference Finals, and the thought ran through my head. I was like, man, this feels like a regular season game. Everything about this, the way Coach Bud is coaching it and his minutes and rotations, the intensity of the players on the court, the intensity of the fans in the five-serve forum, all of it felt like a regular season game to me. And then they go to halftime, and Charles Barkley says, the Bucks are treating this thing like it's a regular season yeah. game. And I was like, thank you. But, uh, thank the thing. you. I didn't think that they were in awe or marveling at Trey Young. I just thought they came out – Thinking that they had already done something, but or just feeling the
4: relief of of getting over the hump of the Brooklyn Nets. Here's the thing, though, because in every game one so far, the Bucks have come out flat, and 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 you're right. It, that's that's something that's on the coaching. It is, yeah. They, they but it's also on the players too. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, but see, I'm not going to trade this whole roster. <laughs> well, right. Right. I'm not saying that. <laughs> so if, but, some, if something needs to change
2: for these guys to be motivated and be in the right state of mind, this, mind for the right moment, this is, exactly be Coach why,
4: this is exactly why the Bucks brought in players like PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis. It is because they knew that this was the downfall of the team, that they needed an energy guys. They needed energy boost guys that actually make an effect on the floor. And Thinassus, Coach Bud
2: has to be has to be
4: arm barred into putting Bobby Portis in the game. At some, at one point, yes, I had, I but had P.J. J- Tucker, but P.J. Tucker and also Drew Holiday. I'll put Drew Holiday in this boat too because I feel like he does do this for the team. Defensively, when they make defensive stops, either of those two dudes, the whole team the starts whole, playing yeah. differently. Yeah, Drew Holiday when he literally plucked that ball out of Lou Williams' hands. That was ga- awesome yesterday. That was awesome. The game was completely oh, different after game that. game was so awesome. It was here. so much was fun, so fun, wasn't it? That was so much fun. But, but oh, boy. The, the, the Bucks realized that that's maybe the downfall of the team, and it's why they brought in some of the dudes that they brought in, because they are the fire for the team now. And whether you like it or not, it could be a, a downfall of Coach Bud, but everywhere else where he's exceeding, especially with the X's and O's parts of the offensive game of basketball – that is enough for me yeah, to but when, keep him as the when, head coach. When his
2: message on how they should be playing on offense isn't getting home half the time and they and they're then just, that's on the players. They're just doing their own thing and running ISO and dribbling the life out of the ball or just taking terrible shots way too early in the clock. That's a messenger's
4: message not getting home. But that's but on the, from the head coach to the player. Because what else can he can, what else can he he do? He's saying this is what you need to do, execute this and we're going I'm to win saying, the game. You're asking me and then
2: You're asking me what he should do. A, I'm not a coach. B <laughs> I'm not saying that there is one thing one thing or one way to do it. There are many methods to lead and 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 for and for people to follow your lead and for your message to get home. And if it's not, that's on
4: you. Right. But if you're a leader and your message isn't getting home, that's on I you. I think a lot of this stuff is behind the scenes though, Rami. It's stuff we don't see or stuff that's so small that we don't see it all the time. I remember Eric Name wrote a fantastic story about does. Brooke Lopez and Mike Boonholzer and their relationship. I was a good story. That I like was that. probably one of the top three three, like, Sports articles I've ever read. If you haven't seen it, you should get some kind of award, get for, that, that get award for that. the athletic subscription and go read it. It was phenomenal. Like know like, many kind of awards even...
2: they give out to sports writers <laughs> these days?
4: But... I don't even know how he got so. Give of the Eric name, his roses, yes, That's Eric, name his roses, damn it. who needs to get his roses. But he talked about the relationship between Bud and Lopez and how it's been building over the last couple of years to the point where they're griping at each other while he's on the court and Boonen off yeah. the court and they're running up and down the court talking with each other as the game is going on. I've seen that. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that he has relationship, intricate relationships with all of the players on the court that are just like that. I do. And when you have that kind of bond, that kind of trust in each other, that, yes, we might not all be perfect. Coach Bud is far from the perfect coach, but Giannis is far from the perfect basketball Dude, player. If it was... Chris Middleton is far from the best, perfect basketball player. Together, this team makes something special, and we are in the precipice of it right now, and we're talking about whether or not the head coach of a team that is in the Eastern Conference Finals, a game away from the NBA Finals, should be fired. And if, no, 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 no.
2: If he, w- if he wins a championship... He he should keep his job. He should keep his job today. No,
4: Mm-mm. and and I said this on the big show. No I'll way. say it again right now. Uh-huh. As as my send off here you, at three ten you know, during you know, the before rugby before, show. before you do
2: your send off. Do you know why he he doesn't deserve to keep his job? Tell he, me why. If, if if they don't win this series or if they Tell don't win why. the championship, for exactly what I just said. If they come out playing the way that they should. In Game Four, Giannis isn't even injured. That injury is partly on Coach Bud not having his team ready to go. That's such an. If, I'm sorry. But maybe. I'm <laughs> sorry, but that is partly on Coach Bud not no, having his team ready I, to go. And I maybe, 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 if you want, if you want to dismiss that, if you want to dismiss that, maybe you could say if he doesn't win a champ, if they get to the finals but don't win it, he 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 should at least get a shot to make his case to keep his job, but. They should get past Atlanta. Whether Giannis comes back for game six or game seven or not, they should get past Atlanta. But and if they don't, then they've underachieved again. There are so again. many
4: factors for that, though, that you can't just say that. Even if Trey Young comes back, they should beat Atlanta. If well, There's I'm, no excuse from, there is, this, a, from this point forward. There are two excuses. One, the Hawks just decide that they're going to win the series and shoot ridiculously well. Because there are times where you're in the basketball game and you just put your hands up because dudes are just hitting shots that you can't explain. Let's say Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich come out, and they're just jacking up threes five, six feet deep from the three-point line. At At that point, you just have to put your hands up and say, what the heck? Like, there's nothing we can do here. Because then you're opening up the paint if you go all the way out and cover them from deep. If that's what happens the next two games, and the Hawks just shoot like, an absurd fifty percent from three like they did in game one. I'm not saying what
2: can you do? I'm not saying that the Hawks haven't gotten an absurdly hot shooting hand at times in this series, but part of the reason that the Hawks have been able to go off is because the Bucks defense is lacking at right, times. But in we've this also series. seen
4: their defense excel like sure. in last yeah, like last year. Absolutely. Night. It's a roller coaster, dude. It is. That's
2: what I'm saying. What if I agree that it should be steady, but it should be steady up here and not steady
4: down here. I understand where you're coming. You from. You see what I'm saying? I, I hundred percent, right. and I, and I disagree with you, but that's okay. Here's how I'm. I've gonna enjoyed end the this. Show Sparky today. doesn't need to come back. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I host every day. <laughs> I like that attitude.
2: I like that attitude, Plucker. I like young you. go getters. Thank you. Yeah, you remind me of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Sparky gone too. <laughs> <at your rate. laughs>
7: Yeah.
4: Okay. on so <laughs> I said it on the big show. I'll say it again. Bud has done enough in this playoff run that he deserves an extension of at least two years. Make it three years left on his deal and he gets to coach Giannis through his prime. He's the roster that they have built around him at this point is too good. They're too they're even even if somehow they lose and they do, and they don't win the finals, he got there. He took the team there. And he took Giannis there for the first time. If he gets there, like I said, maybe, maybe
2: I, I I I give him a chance to keep his job. If they don't beat Atlanta, there's no excuse for not beating Atlanta, even without Giannis. And even if they get Trey Young back, that Bucks team that I saw last night can beat the Hawks with Trey Young. And that's the level that they're gonna have to get. Mm-hmm. That's the level that Coach Bud is gonna have to get out of them. And if he can't get that out of them, if we see another lapse or another step back from this team, that's on him, dude. I'm going to turn your mic off now
4: so I can finish. Right. So You're done. no, it's okay. okay. So coach bud has done enough in this playoff run, beating the team that knocked him out of the playoffs last year, beating the nets who everybody was saying was impossible to beat. He beat them injury or not the bucks won in seven games. And they are one game away from winning the Eastern conference finals without their best player. He has done enough this year to earn an extra couple of seasons here in Milwaukee, because he has proved to this point that he can get his players to play at the highest level, at least at some points. And if he can get that to happen every single day, day in and day out, if he can get to that point where Giannis is balling out every single game where Chris Middleton is coming out three out of four games, playing Chris Middleton basketball that we've all seen him do. If drew holiday can get to that point as well, there's no way you can fire this dude. There's not. He, he has earned His flowers, he has earned his ability to coach here in Milwaukee right now and for years to come. I'm Dan Plucker filling in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's been great talking to all of you. And if I don't talk to you here again, I will next week. But uh, if I don't for whatever reason, then I'll I'll see you there. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?